You are now listening to the Agriculture is Life podcast, where we highlight women of color in agriculture and related fields. My name is Arnisha Smallwood. I'm the founder and CEO of Agriculture is Life LLC. On this podcast, I will be inviting special guests to share their experiences and to establish a safe place where their voices can be heard and valued. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Agriculture is Life podcast, where we highlight women of color in agriculture and related fields. Today's guest is Ms. Rondine Petrov. She is the founder and CEO of Toucan Education Programs of Belief, better known as TEP to the TEP alumni. I met Ms. Rondine back in the summer of 2017 when I participated in TEP's faculty-led study abroad program with my university, North Carolina A&T State University, with three other graduate students and one of my ag education professors. Since leaving Belize, I have kept in touch with Ms. Rondine and the amazing staff at TEP by serving as an ambassador. I thought that it would be a great idea to invite Ms. Rondine on the platform to have a convo with me about her company, entrepreneurship, and agriculture in a developing country. So welcome to the podcast, Ms. Rondine. I'm so honored and grateful to have you. Um, so how are you doing? And is there anything I left out of the intro that you would like to include? <laughs> Arnisha, thank you so much. And I'm equally grateful to be on Agriculture is Life podcast. Uh, it's such a blessing um, to be here. And I'm so excited for the conversation we're about to have. Um, in terms of leaving out anything in the intro, I don't think so. Um, I think you've mentioned all the key points about TP and, and, and how we first met. And so, and your continuous connection with us. So um, I think we're pretty good there. Thank you so much. <laughs> no, thank you. I'm going to keep saying that. Thank you. But um, so for people that aren't familiar with TEP, can you tell us how did TEP start and what was your, your inspiration behind creating this organization? Thank you so much. That's a really good question. Uh, and it's something that I really thought about. Uh, how, did we, how did we come to be what we are today? I would say, Arnisha, it's certainly, it's been a journey. I think all entrepreneurs will have a journey that, they'll, that they undertake. Um, and it takes a lot of, certainly a lot of um, passion a lot of sweat, blood, and tears, um, it, a lot of focus. You really need to be focused on what you dream about in terms of wanting to serve other people. Every business that we create, it's about serving the people that we're most passionate about. And so that's what it, that's what it took to get us here today. It's just and also, I'd like to add that lots of support. It's amazing how when you start something and you really start to share what you want to accomplish, the support that that garners for you. And so we certainly could not be here today if it wasn't for everyone who decides 
that, hey, that's a great thing that you're doing. And I want to be a part of that. So it certainly takes lots of people who support your vision and who jumps on and who decide to, to follow that vision. Um, in terms of what inspired me to start this, it's certainly about seeing that there was a gap in the value students were receiving in education abroad. And quite often you think, okay, this is something I'm passionate about. And I certainly want to see students get more value. This is quite a significant investment students make to study abroad. And quite often, it requires family to dig in, students to dig into their pocket, work extra hours, save money. And so for me and for everyone who is a part of TEP, we certainly wanted to ensure that they're getting 100% or more of return on their investment. And we certainly want it to be as lifelong as possible. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really what inspired us to start this organization and to, to do, do things the way that we do them. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, so <laughs> you're welcome. So um, I definitely agree with you when you said it takes a lot of support and people tied into your passion to make your, your business work. And you all at TEP have been very supportive of agriculture's life and just me in general um, since leaving um, Belize. I think I would do the program all over again. I don't know if I said that before, um, but I, I would do it all over again because I was one of those people that always wanted to study abroad, but was scared to, and just the value and all the knowledge that I've gained from studying abroad with your program. I don't think I, you know, not to knock any other programs, but I just don't think I would trade the experience that I had with you all for anyone else. Like I would recommend, uh, I know it's early in the podcast and everybody wants to hear more, but I, I would recommend TEP over and over and over and over again, because I'm still having an experience and a connection with TEP, even being back in the United States now. Um, so you guys definitely do add value to people's lives and their educational experience through the program. And I think you all do a amazing job of that. So. Thank, thank you so much, Arnisha. And I think also the other piece of TEP is also bringing values to our, the communities who host students. Um, for us, it's very important that not only our students are getting that value, but our community is equally seeing um, a value and benefiting from students um, being here in Belize. Mm -hmm. So I, I believe that's really sort of the, the secret sauce for TEP because we certainly, we certainly want to ensure that there's that reciprocity built in mm -hmm. into all the programs that we offer. Thank you so much for that. 
Oh, no problem. And since you mentioned programs that you offer, for someone that this may be their first time hearing about TEP, can you, can you explain um, just some of the programs that you offer? Are they just for college students? Because I know as an ambassador, that's a question that I get a lot of the time. Is, is it just for college students? Like, I'm out of school now, but I still want to go and study abroad because I didn't get that opportunity when I was in school. So can you um, explain a little bit about the programs? Certainly, um, Arnisha. Yes, uh, we certainly we offer two specific type of uh, study abroad programs. One geared for faculty who want to direct some kind of international component of their coursework that they're doing with students on campus. And so we can work directly with, with faculty and, and you've had that experience of coming on a faculty uh, led program and so we really work with them um, to kind of identify the type of experiences that would help them to accomplish the learning outcomes uh, of, their, um, of their syllabus. Uh, another way we can work, uh, we provide study abroad is for those students who really don't want to come with a faculty but would really like to enroll independently or directly with us whether or not it's for an internship, we do provide uh, internship um, tailored specifically to meet um, the interests and needs of students. We also provide uh, and offer a service learning uh, program for students who want to directly enroll with us. And we also recently launched a service, uh, a sustainable economic and community development program. Again, uh, for those students who are interested in uh, looking at sustainability, um, especially from the economic and community development components, looking at that and, and, and that particular program also uh, covers many of the economic sectors of Belize. So students from, um, with some type of economic background or students without an economic background you know sustainability has four different uh, branches and so we look at those different branches and how it impacts uh, community development so those are the programs that we offer we've really we used to offer uh, a volunteer in belize program really aimed at trying to um, capture those those professionals who are already in the workforce. However, we've really narrowed our focus mm. and we've really moved that focus back to having the experience specifically for students. Mm. So we're really now primarily just focused on students and not on so much on the professionals um, anymore. So I, I hope that helped to <laughs> answer um, pretty much what, we're, what we offer is faculty led. So we will work with faculty um, across departments to really tailor something um, to integrate into their coursework on campus. And then we'll work with those individual students who want to come on either a service, learn, a service learning experience in a developing country like Belize or an internship or the sustainable economic and community development programs. Thank you, Ms. Rondine. I think that will kind of clear the air for people that were unsure <laughs> of uh, 
who the programs were are geared to towards. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things that I really, really enjoyed during my time in Belize was the emphasis that was placed on agriculture, not just because TEP centers the study broad experience around what you're um, getting your degree in, mm-hmm. but because I felt like you can't get a true feel of the Belizean culture without it. Um, it was amazing and rewarding to work with Mayan farmers during our time there to visit uh, the University of Belize and the farm and to go to the farmer's market a few times um Mm -hmm. and food is one thing that we all have in common and i think it was great to see agricultural farming practices outside of the united states so i wanted to know why do you think it's important to expose study abroad participants to agriculture in a different country thank you absolutely um like you've said food is something common amongst is part of humanity we all need to eat and so it's very important even students even students who are not on an agriculture program quite often are excited that they've learned something about agriculture it's so important for people on in general especially people who no longer know where their food comes from for them to have that opportunity to have that that sense of oh this is this is how food is grown um this is this is what people go through so that i can have food on my table um and and especially to come to a developing country such as belize where agriculture is the bedrock of our economy here mm-hmm. and so um students have multiple opportunities to see the different farming practices, as you've mentioned, but also to really decide, I think uh, exposing students to agriculture has helped them to determine their career paths. Mm-hmm. Quite often, do you wanna, do you wanna work in community development? Um, do you wanna work in agriculture back home in some way? Do you wanna maybe grow your own food if they're not an agriculture, um, majors. Um, I think it really opens up not only that intercultural um, development that can occur from students interacting with different uh, people in another country, but also helping them to understand what are the challenges that farmers face in a foreign country. And quite often, um, people are thinking about differences, but quite often when you do study abroad, you find out that there are many common things, common difficulties that you face, you know, common challenges. So it's not only looking at any common opportunities that may be there for a farmer. So I think agriculture, regardless of the background that you're coming from, we always include some aspect of it in our programs, whether or not it's just taking that walk to the farmer's market for you to understand what does it cost for people to live in the country that you're visiting? What does food cost? So for us, I think it really helps broaden that their knowledge. We always believe that students should go beyond that particular discipline that they're here to experience. We want them to be able to talk about things 
outside of their scope of their work of being here. And agriculture is certainly an important one. It is life. I, I love the fact that um, your organization is built on agriculture is life because it is one of the primary basis of life. So I don't know if I've answered that. I tend to be long-winded, <laughs> but um, it's something we're very passionate about here. Yeah, and no, that was an excellent answer. Take as much time as you need to answer a question, <laughs> please. Um, so I really do believe that we are more similar than we are different. And when I was in Belize, I was- I agree. I was um, putting together the similarities more than the differences, honestly. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that including agriculture in some way in each of the programs, regardless of your, your discipline, um, it instills a sense of appreciation for what we do have in the United States. Um, and I think what's going on uh, in the United States, in the world currently, I think people are starting to appreciate, should, and if they're not, they should appreciate farmers and farm workers in the work that they do. And um, that, I, I left Belize with a better appreciation for farmers in general. Um, so I think I speak for most people when I say that, because um, sometimes it's a wake-up call, honestly. Um, Absolutely. For things that we tend to overlook. Um, so we kind of touched on entrepreneurship earlier, but I would like to go back to it. Um, entrepreneurship is not easy uh, and as flattering as most people make it look on social media. Entrepreneurship. That's true. <laughs> yeah, it can be very overwhelming and stressful at times. So what advice would you give a woman uh, that wants to get into owning her own business and being an entrepreneur, but is afraid to take the first step. Yes, it's uh, entrepreneurship is is not easy. I mean, social media may <laughs> may project this idea of, oh well, I can just sit on the beach all day, drink pina coladas, and <laughs> generate an income. But that's really not the reality for majority of entrepreneurs. Um, quite, once you're starting a business, um, quite often it takes, it will take everything you have to give. It will take everything you have to give emotionally, physically, spiritually. Mm -hmm. And so, and it's good to have fear, um, but how do you repurpose that fear into the type of energy that let you learn about what you need to do to really get on, to get your project off and going? And so I would always, I would always say that it would, it's really good to take time for TEP, TEP was first. Everything um, that you do when you're thinking about a business, of, for, of course, there's that idea that comes first. Mm -hmm. And so that idea is born. And then it's to take that fear. And as I mentioned earlier, use that fear to, okay, how am I going to 
really start charting a course of how you're going to take that, what's going to be the next step. And certainly a lot of times it's to really think through your idea. And sometimes people might think you're taking too long to start or um, you're being slow and you're just talking. But sometimes taking that idea and starting to talk about it, you may get really good, good sound advice from people. Um, documenting things and starting to think about what are the key components that you need um, to start that business. You can look at what is the business, I mean, what, what problem is the business solving? Um, how are you gonna go about marketing uh, your solution? Uh, thinking about sales, the operation piece, uh, the financial piece, uh, all those things you got to start thinking about. And I, I can recall, it probably took a year um, of TEP going from an idea that's in the mind to really starting to, to write things down, starting talking to people. And it's just incredible how everyone wants to help. Um, and so that's really what you start doing. Um, and slowly, as you start building that momentum of really visualizing that idea, you have made your notes, you're consulting with people, you're figuring out how you're going to make that next step, it will start to come together. Mm -hmm. So that's what I would say to any woman who's really thinking about going into um, entrepreneurship, starting a business is to really take that time that you need to think about and really look at what resources are out there. I think being in the United States um, does have its advantages because there are resources that you can tap into, like the small business, uh, small business administration. Mm -hmm. That's a really good one for any um, and there are many things out there for women-owned business, women of color-owned business. I recall us filling out a form, and as a Belizean organization, <laughs> there I could clearly see that, okay, we'll not fit into any of this for a university because preference is given to women-owned business, preference is given to women of color-owned business, you know, and those kind of things. And so it's for us to identify those resources and tap into them so that they can help us to build our strong businesses that are successful. Thank you, Ms. Rondine. You dropped some gems there. Uh, <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I like the fact that basically you were saying, let fear drive you. Don't let it like stop you from doing what it is that you wanna do. Um, exactly. Yeah, because I know that I was very fearful when I started, but, you know, um, <laughs> of, of failing and things like that. But you have to fail in order to succeed and to learn. If you just stop after your first failure, then you're not learning from anything because you stopped. Um, so I think it's really important to lean into fear and just, you know, feel the fear and do it anyway. Keep going. Um, so TEP has, this year marks 10 years for TEP, correct? Am I correct? <laughs> yes, November of this year. Um, okay. That will mark 10 years of TEP being in existence. And 
you know, I didn't, I didn't even think about it because quite often you're just in your business, working, working, working. And um, a really good advice out there for entrepreneurs is, uh, is to really take time to work, to step outside of your business and work on your business. Mm. And, and, and so, yeah, it's, it's hard to believe. I, I just, I had to make a note. I'm like, okay, this year makes 10 years. We're going to have to do something around that to really celebrate it. Yeah. Um, because it's, I, I mean, every day is a day to celebrate that you have an opportunity to serve others, right? Yeah. Um, it's really a privilege, to, to be honest. It's, it's difficult, but it's really a privilege that you get to do this. Um, and people allow you to do this. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I'm just so grateful for the opportunity. And um, yeah, I can't believe it's 10 years. So I better let you speak. <laughs> It's fine, Miss Rondine. It's fine. So, congratulations early on 10 years. I'll say it again later on this year, but congratulations. Uh, thank, thank you for, you. you know, you and your team's hard work and dedication. You guys are really appreciated. And I say that from the bottom of my heart. So, you didn't even have a chance to really think about it being 10 years. Do you even, do you have like a, a vision for where you want to be within the next 10 years? Or, you have any ideas? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's an excellent question. Um, we recently, last year, we did, we did different things. Uh, we, we really made a switch in how we operate the business. Um, and it's something that I wish I knew 10 years ago. <laughs> mm. <laughs> because like anything else, a business needs an operating system to run on. And an operating system gives the business structure, really good structure so that it's easier for you to operate, for you to make decisions, um, for you to gain traction, for you to know how to hire, when to hire, and those type of things. So... I stumbled across this operating system and decide, well, I think we should implement this. And with very little knowledge of this system, um, we decided to, okay, we're going to take this big step and we're going to try this. <laughs> and I can say that this is one thing that I would like to really encourage all entrepreneurs to really think about a system, especially if you're at that at the startup phase of your business, that's a, a great time. But you can do this anytime in business is to really think about identifying uh, a, an operating system. And we identify it ours. We operate on the EOS system. Um, and that's an entrepreneurship operating system. That's what EOS stands for. And it comes with its own sets of tools that really help you to structure your organization. So one of the things that in EOS required us to do is to have, is to come up with a five-year vision. And so we, we, we developed that last year and it's a strategic planning process that you go through. Um, and it's, it's really an excellent process to go through because it 
it helps you to identify, and this is one reason why I say it's really good if you can do this in a startup phase, mm -hmm. because it will save you a lot of uh, pain <laughs> mm -hmm. as, you, as you move through your business over the years. Uh, so if you have a, a good operating system at the start of, at this, at this time you start up your business or early on in your business, it really helps a lot because it guides everything that you do and it makes it a lot easier if you have certain things in place. So we have this five-year vision to be serving, um, in five years to be serving 300 students per year. Um, so I can only imagine in 10 years we'd want to double that. But also, um, I think it's very important for us as an organization to maintain a certain quality. So it's not always about quantity, but quality. So for even looking 10 years out, I can see that we still will be under serving a thousand students. Um, we certainly want to expand to other countries in our region. Uh, so students can have um, a variety of options when it comes to um, country selection, but we certainly want to continue to work in the Latin America and Caribbean region because that's that's just near and dear to us. Yeah, and and we believe that there is so much for this region to offer minority students. It it it, it does have many things to offer students, no matter what. Uh, background or race they're from, but I really believe minority because of the amount of indigenous uh, people in, in this region, um, people who draw from um, Hispanic backgrounds, um, the African diaspora is very rich in our region. Uh, throughout Latin America and the Caribbean, it's, you can find African diaspora, uh, indigenous people. And so there are lots of um, there are lots of things for those minority students in the United States to draw on when they come to countries in this particular region. Mm -hmm. And so we are hoping that we're able to expand operations. I also would hope to see that in 10 years that, um, that new people are coming on to certainly take up the mantle of running the organization. I do not see myself in the role <laughs> that I have today, um, 10 years from now, for sure. Yeah. Uh, my idea is to build a successful business that can be passed on to someone uh, or a team of people who are passionate about this. Mm -hmm. um, so as, as entrepreneurs, we have to think about our exit, exit strategies for our business. Um, and it's really good to think about that earlier on. Um, is it going to be a, a family business that continues to be passed on to the next generation? Or is it something that you're building that you want to pass on to a number of great employees who will take it on? Or is it something that you will pass on to other people? So um, 10 years out, I really want to see us where I'm really in my role of being a visionary <laughs> more than an integrator of being a CEO. So certainly want new blood to come in and take on those those roles for sure yeah I didn't, and you gave me something to think about of course you gave me systems to think about because you know i'm i'm in the beginning stages of um developing agriculture is like it hasn't even been a year yet um 
and the exit strategy i didn't i haven't even thought about that um <laughs> because it's like i'm just getting started <laughs> but uh i understand yes. the importance of systems and sometimes you you would like for your business to still run without you without you having to necessarily be right there um yes but i'm in the beginning of getting all that together in um Hopefully in the future I can hire some people, but yeah, we'll have to talk about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so I agree with a lot of things that you were saying. Um, it's really important to have those systems in place. So for some of the listeners that are tuning in, or will be tuning in, listening to this, uh, who may be interested in studying abroad after listening to this episode, how can they find out more about uh, TEP? Okay, certainly. Uh, well, our website would be the first place for people to go to, and that is study in Belize, www.studyinbelize.com. So it's really easy if you type studyinbelize.com, our website should come up. Um, we do have uh, listings on goabroad.com as two kind of education programs and go overseas. These are uh, major search engines for students who are looking for um, programs in countries. So if they look up Belize, they will find uh, two kind of education programs, uh, programs listed on those um, two areas. But it's just easy to go to our website we do have um, Dr. Sandy Smith, who um, operates from the United States for us, so you can easily um, call her toll-free number. That, um, that uh, 188 number actually goes to her phone, and, and she can have a phone conversation. Or if you just want to email us, um, our info at studyinbelize.com email um, is an easy one, or you can, you can email um, email us directly. We do have our portal if students want to uh, take a look at the, the programs that, that are being offered and they can really actually just start, uh, create a free account. And um, once they put their information up there, we, we will follow, follow up with them. Uh, it's really, for us, it's really about seeing whether what we're offering is a good match for students. It's what they want to get out of the experience. So conversations with students, it's not about trying to make a sale, but it's really trying to get a sense of um, whether or not what we offer will really be of benefit to them. Mm. So I hope we've covered <laughs> where students can find us. And we're also on social media, um, our Instagram, I think, uh, the, the Z generation is more into Instagram. We're not on Snapchat, but maybe that's something we should consider. Mm -hmm. um, but we're certainly on Instagram and TEP. I think our handle is on TEP, study, uh, study abroad or study in Belize. And we're also uh, study abroad um, on Facebook. I think our, our um, Facebook page is, is study abroad. Uh, in Belize and so students can find us there and we're also on Twitter so those are 
kind of the places they can can find us. We do have a podcast, a study abroad podcast, and the, the two kind of broad podcasts. Um, that is something they can easily find on our website. We do have a, a page dedicated to it, and they can um, go and see the different, listen to the different, um, the different podcasts that we have there we we've interviewed some students we've interviewed um some faculty so there's a good bit of resources i know that um we do have a new season of um of podcasts or and we'll probably do that later this year um yeah so there are a number of ways that students can connect with us who are interested yes i was definitely gonna um plug in for the the study abroad podcast definitely listen Mm -hmm. to that um if you if students want to get a a feel of different um people's opportunities well not opportunities their experiences Mm -hmm. while in belize um so that will be uh, that will be a great way especially um now while some people are are in their homes it would be a great time to listen to uh the podcast and you can all you guys can also reach out to me because i serve as an ambassador or any of the other ambassador ambassadors that are available on the website as well um miss rondine did you have something else you wanted to say yes and you mentioned that certainly the ambassadors um students feel a lot more comfortable talking to someone who has been through the program and we understand that. So um, maybe they don't want to talk to, to, to uh, any of our administrative staff like Sandy, but we can always put uh, students in, in contact. If they don't contact our ambassadors, they can contact you. We do have two additional ambassadors um, on their home campus that they can contact. Um, or they can reach out to us and just say, you know, I'd like to speak to one of the ambassadors and we will certainly share that information with them on how to reach, how to reach you and how to reach the other, um, the other students or alums who are serving as ambassadors. We're so grateful that um, you're taking your time and your effort to talk to other students about the experiences you've had with us in Belize. Very grateful for that. Yeah, I'll I'll always brag about you guys, <laughs> whether I'm an ambassador or not. Um, and if someone is listening to this and they're scared, they're frightened, just reach out. Um, none of the TP staff bites. Like, just reach out. I'm telling you guys, it's like a, it's really like a family. And I'm so grateful that I have like international su- support too. Like, it's it's amazing. Sometimes TEP supports me more than people I know, you know? But um, <laughs> I just <laughs> I just appreciate you, Ms. Rondine and TEP staff so, 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 so much. I don't know how many times I can say it, how many different ways I could say it. If I could speak different languages, I would say it in different languages. I appreciate <laughs> you guys so much and the work that you do. You guys definitely added a lot of value to my life and how I just look at different people and try to understand different cultures like you guys really helped me and I I know that you will help numerous students in the future but I I just I can't rave about you guys enough I really can't so thank you and we learn so we learn so much from our students too um and and we're we're learning from you as well Arnisha I want to say that 
Um, I love what you're doing with Agriculture is Life. Um, I, our entire team is behind you and we want to support you in any other way that we can. Uh, and we've learned from, we've learned from you. You've done a fantastic job with, with um, your social media presence. And um, I'll tell you, we've, I remember looking at um, your Instagram account and I saw that you had a way of linking not only the one link in the bio, but several ways. And today we've done that on our Instagram account. Okay. And it's because we've learned that from you. So there's just this reciprocity that keeps, that keeps going around and it's, and it's wonderful. That's what we're all about. Um, staying connected with the people who have given us an opportunity to serve and seeing how we can be of value to them even after they've left us. Mm. Thank you, Miss Rondine. Was there anything else you wanted to say? And it's perfectly fine if you feel like you covered everything. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've covered everything. Thank you so much for the opportunity to, to, to share um, on Agriculture's Life podcast. Oh, thank you for just accepting my invitation and coming. It really means a lot to me. It really does. Um, so guys, I will leave all the information down below for the pot the study abroad in belize podcast the facebook page their website i will leave all of that information down below it will be included on the post on instagram so don't worry about anything i got you guys covered um and if you have questions you can reach out to me or the tp staff um we're here to help so make sure you guys follow Agriculture is Life on Instagram at Agriculture is Life underscore and like us on Facebook at Agriculture is Life comma LLC. And until next time, guys, peace.